0: Son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains. It shall be raised above the hills, and all the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, "Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house." Out of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the world and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into ploughshares and their spears into pruning books. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen.
1: i They are literally two different ways of thinking about time. Imagine this, it is December 31st in Times Square, the weather is blustery and cold. Checking their watches, the anxious crowd notes that it is already midnight. The new (laughs) year has come, and now it is that the waiting begins. For a few more moments, at a random time, somewhere after midnight, but before the dawn, the ball in all of its glory begins to drop, counting down those 60 seconds. Seems a bit odd, doesn't it? It's almost hard to imagine anybody actually doing that. What will they do when the countdown ends and the ball reaches the bottom? Will there be noise and confetti? Or will the square be emptied out? I mean, wouldn't people just go tired of waking around after midnight? It's cold. And they've stayed up, and it's late already. And they don't really know when this ball is going to drop for sure. I think it's 12:05, 5, it be 4 a.m. This is the new year in our church. This is the moment in which we find ourselves today. Our new year begins with waiting. We flip our calendars today not with fanfare, but awkwardly awaiting the coming of Christ. It's hard to get excited about waiting. Heck, how to wait? <coughs> We are collectively forgetting how to wait. There is actually a war on waiting going on, an assault on vigilant patience. It is a war with at least two fronts. On one side, we have the familiar struggle with amusement and pleasant diversion. We have all already been infiltrated. Our homes and our very pockets are filled with weapons of mass distraction. They offer us instant games and fun, angry birds and fruit binges, ESPN and reruns. When faced with waiting, we will try to fill every moment. With a few more iotas of pleasure from our devices and our media. Recently, the supermarket which I shop installed TVs in the checkout box. It's waiting for a few. That emerges in the insidious pressure to maximize productivity in every single moment. Smartphones, laptops, Googles, Doodles, meetings on Skype, each assure that we stay on task. That every moment of every day can be filled with moving the project along and getting caught up. Technology isn't just the blame. Everything in our consumer culture and strong impulses within us tell us that we'll never really be ready for what's ahead. There's always more to do, a way to make it better, one little thing that should be done. As we plan for Christmas especially, we have to write the cards, go shopping for the extra stocking stuff, bake the cookies, plan the trips. We have to make good use of our time And thus, many times each and every day, and especially in this busy holiday season, our very ability. Not emptiness Stacked up around those days, our traditions, our memories. This is the first coming of Christ, the Christ who is already here, the Christ whose tradition into which we live, and whose life we proclaim. And yet, as today's text reminds us, there is also a second coming. Entwined with the first. And this is the mystery that is yet to come. The coming of Christ that is not yet. The coming of Christ for which we wait, for which we must make the space and take the time to be prepared. Already, Yet not yet. In today's gospel, we find a classic moment in scripture that has informed generations of Christians for millennia. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. For a few generations after Jesus' life, death, resurrection, there was an anticipation that he was going to come back very soon. In fact, even in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus said, I will come back within a lifetime of some of you who were gathered here and hearing in my presence. And so the early church thought that Jesus. More
2: recently, at
1: the turn of the 20th century, John Nelson Darby, along with other fundamentalist Christian theologians, posited a very violent, very cataclysmic second coming, you know, literal interpretation of scripture. This is a text
2: which fundamentalists love to use because it gives us this picture of the rapture.
1: Those of you who might be familiar with the very Hollywood version of this story, the left behind series. might know that the rapture is this moment in which this literally comes true. Two people are working side by side and poof, the real Christian disappears to go be with Christ because the second coming is happening. And everybody else is left behind. Rather than approach these texts with a mind towards the rapture. I invite you to a different lesson. One that is enraptured with waiting. Setting time aside for God. Leaving the toil of the field to wait. saying this season, that the grain can grind itself, I will create time to be alone, to listen, to wait for the second coming. Isaiah invites us to go up to the mountain of the Lord. That is the invitation that I extend to you today. Let us go together to that sacred mountain to be immersed in waiting for Christ. Happy New Year.
3: Thank suffering for the hungry.
2: stepping in for Robert, who <clears throat> is in Florida.
4: Exactly. He's uh, there for his brother's birthday, I hope it is. He asked me to announce that this is a perfect segue from the sermon today. The uh, youth
1: choir uh, even song next week at 5 o'clock. I have to love that service a lot. Uh, and it's a time when you you can come and wait. You can be in limpid music sung by innocent. That's more than an hour. Maybe not even that. Maybe 45 minutes. It is a very special time, and for many of us, is a difficult time. So I encourage you to have listened to that sermon very carefully and come to the, end of the song. Also, I want to take
3: a moment to thank our guests for this.